I am Thomas Umstadt Jr., and with me is Dustin Hammett, and you are listening to episode one of the Liberty Buzzard, a podcast where we pick apart the news along the highway of American culture. This is our brand new podcast. Our very first podcast. Please don't mind the awfulness. <laughs> we'll be good around episode 20, we promise. So, Dustin, what's in the news today? <laughs> Oh, well, you know, I'm scrolling through the Twitter feed. Uh, apparently, Michael Moore is teasing a secret project involving Donald Trump. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Can't wait to see what that's all about. And then uh, Texas Monthly has uh, an article out called, We Tasted Chipotle Queso So You Don't Have To. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see the, the, the death rate on how many people actually tried the Chipotle Queso. I tried it once, and uh, it did not work out well for me. How about you, Thomas? What do you got? I have not had uh, Chipotle queso. Uh, I do find queso, though, to be a fascinating dish. So Tex-Mex comes from the combination of the two cultures that make up Texas. So in the early days of Texas, you had people from Mexico and you had people from Germany. And they blended into Texans. And Tex-Mex emerged from people who had German parents and Mexican parents, or a German parent and a Mexican parent. And they took Mexican dishes and they asked the quintessential German question, which is, what would this dish taste like if we covered it in melted cheese? <laughs> so, oh, God bless them. Uh, it was it was a beautiful question. It's like really many many things need to be asked. The question: What would this pizza taste like if we covered it in cheese? Although I guess the pizza is already covered in cheese, but you could dip it in liquid cheese. It may actually make it better. And so queso as a dish is actually more similar to fondue than you might think. Of like, hey, let's dip this in melted cheese, and it's I, a I wonderful. Think it pretty thing. much is fondue, but did fondue precede queso, or did queso precede fondue? I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not. Uh, I really don't know the history of queso. I'm going to have to Google it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll let you know which came first. I'm suspecting fondue came first. That would be my guess, but uh, I haven't looked into it. But uh, yeah, Chipotle, I actually like Chipotle. I don't know if that makes me like a bad hipster. Um, and I have eaten there and not died on several occasions. And since people have been dying eating there, the lines are a lot shorter, which I've appreciated. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it clears out all the riffraff. Only the true fans eat there. But yeah, for there was probably a year when I had Chipotle three or four times a week. Uh, one of the uh, people in our office would go on a regular basis and I would give her money and she would pick up you know, Chipotle for everybody. I actually don't mind Chipotle. I actually really enjoy Chipotle. I think their grilled vegetables are really good. Um, I tried their queso once, just once, and we will not be doing that again. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad, which is sad because you have so many stores in the great state of Texas, and we pretty much have queso perfected. So I don't know why they just didn't go to Chili's or and just rip off their recipe. Why they had to wait? Make it Chili's so bad. that that's your best queso? Oh, bro! No, 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 are, no, 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 which is really unfortunate because their chips are really good. They have the lemon-flavored chips with like a twist of lemon or lime in the chips. And the chips aren't bad, which I would love to see those chips combined with a good queso. But uh, we may not get that in this generation of Chipotle. 
Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, I didn't even really read the article. I just like the headline. So, uh, Texas Monthly, <laughs> thanks for being soldiers going out there and eating the queso for us. Telling us it's a tough job, it really but is. somebody's got to do it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I'm, of- I'm happy to taste the queso. If any uh, newspaper wants to send me, I, I will. I will do this difficult deed. You know, I'm looking through a bunch of pictures on this article here, and uh, it's a bunch of people from the Texas Monthly. And they all have really bad looks on their faces. So it tastes like mayonnaise, according to Mike Hall, executive editor of uh, the Texas Monthly. So so there you go. From the Texas Monthly, Chipotle queso tastes like mayonnaise. Interesting. <laughs> I think part of the problem is that when you have as many locations as Chipotle does, skimping on the ingredients actually can make sense because that's your biggest – it's a huge cost center. And uh, so they tweak the formula of something like queso, you know, a million times in a lab to try to get it as cost efficient as possible, which is not something that somebody at your local taquiera is really worried as much about. No, and I think the results are in when you have a queso that's made by bean counters. It's obviously a terrible, terrible queso. How about we leave the queso to the chefs? And we leave the, the, the counting the shekels to the bean counters and not let the two meet. Speaking of shekels, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars movie, Solo, uh, sputtered at the box office. According to the New York Times, uh, it didn't do so well. So it collected, uh, they were hoping it was going to bring in $150 million. They spent $400 million making this movie. And on the opening weekend, it brought in a mere $83 million, which is like Pacific Rim levels of money. So I and I will say I saw Pacific Rim opening night. I still have not seen Solo, a Star Wars story, which is a big deal. And I'll explain why it's a big deal. I watched when they rebooted the films after I was born, all of the reboots of the original trilogy, opening night, midnight showing as soon as I could. I watched the prequels and I like the prequels. I bought and read probably a dozen Star Wars books and I played dozens of Star Wars games. I was a hardcore fan. I watched all of the Clone Wars and then Kathleen Kennedy, I I think is her name, takes over Star Wars and cuts most of what Star Wars is out of Star Wars. So the books are no longer true. The video games take place in some alternate universe called Legends and she reboots it and she reboots it with a bunch of car- with a with a rebellion that's entirely incompetent. So I I I watched The Last Jedi and I le- and it was amazing. And I would have they'd have asked me walking out of the theater if what I thought, I'd be like, "Oh, I liked it." But as time went on and as I thought back on that movie, it soured in my stomach. And I was just like, I don't like a movie where the Rebellion are a bunch of incompetent buffoons with basically only one tactic, which is a suicide run. Suicide bombing. Basically, they do a suicide bombing after suicide bombing after suicide bombing until at the end, everyone is dead except for a small... The entire Rebellion can fit on board the Millennium Falcon. And it was so depressing. It was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. And this is from like the biggest hardcore fan. I, I, so, I don't think you're the only one I'm, out there. I'm sure. Go ahead. I don't think you're the only one out there. You know, I'm not as big as a hardcore fan as you. First of all, I hated the prequels. I thought they were terribly done. Uh, I thought they were anathema to the original series. Um, and I don't know. I think the new Star Wars episodes and new Star Wars movies are kind of carrying on in the prequels. I guess the prequel theme. 
The prequels were better, though. The prequels at least had Jedis. They at least had lightsaber battles that were good. They at least had good space battles that didn't end in all the good guys dying every time. Uh, I, I mean, the prequels were not as good as the original trilogy. I'll give you that. But the I would watch, I would rewatch Episode One or Episode Two again oh, yeah. over rewatching the oh, Last yeah. Jedi. Uh, the Last Jedi was completely disappointed. I mean, it just it completely eschews the story in favor of pop culture and one-liners. Uh, the you know the the whole part where where you know Luke is standing in front of the uh, of of the, the 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 what is it, what the heck's that thing called the big old Imperial Walker thing and uh, he's he's in his hologram form and then you know he steps aside and dusts off his shoulder I'm like come on it's 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 what's the best it's syrupy it's uh it was it was a little bit too thick with the with the one liners and and all those kind of things I didn't like that I actually really really liked Rogue One. Okay, but everyone dies at the end. It's like yes! the only person. <laughs> yes, yes. But it, it was still satisfying, though. I will say, even though everyone uh, dies at the end, you get a great moment with Darth Vader being Darth Vader and like totally owning all of the guys. And I feel like it sets up Episode One pretty well. Well, I mean, here's the thing: it was realistic. It was um, there. There was a lot of good themes there um, that that are kind of contemporaneous with today's with today's environment you talk about like occupation of desert lands you know as a as a as a marine i'm looking at that thing and going oh my god i was a stormtrooper in iraq right um <laughs> so you have you have a lot of those good themes there it was realistic it was a great story it was a great plot and i mean that that that's really what it boils down to if you have a good story and a good plot and it's somewhat believable people are going to follow along with you when you have Princess Leia get sucked out of a spaceship and then force Mary Poppins herself back into the spaceship, it kind of bends the bounds of reality to the point where even your most diehard fans are going to be like, come on, this is ridiculous, you know? Is the force really stronger than the incredible vacuum of space? I'm, I don't know about that, Thomas. I don't know about that. <laughs> and if that's the case, then you would have seen Jedi doing that in all of the other movies or in all of the other books. Which, you know, oh, wait, the books don't matter anymore. I think that's that's part of why I was so hurt by kind of this new direction of Star Wars. Is that I was really invested in this extended universe that they developed. And a lot of the characters that weren't in the major films, but were still really cool characters. Like Dash Rendar and Ad Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which, you know, they finally at least brought him back in the cartoons. But it's like, why make him a cartoon? This guy deserves his own movie. The reboots should have been about Grand Admiral Thrawn. That was what made Star Wars in the early 90s. Timothy Zahn's books about Grand Admiral Thrawn were so good. Like, he's such a great villain. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but his superpower is not that he's powerful with the Force or that he's a Sith or anything like that. He's just really, really smart. Like, brilliantly smart, where he can predict people's... Be um, actions based off of his understanding of them and their culture and their uh, um, what kind of species they are and like he's so terrifying to the republic as it's being formed because he's just constantly outsmarting them and that's and he's like compassionate for his you know and his he loves his crew and his crew love him back like he's so different from Vader, who's like controlled by his emotions, right? He gave into his hatred. <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn has perfect control over his emotions, and he's this calculating, cool, evil, maniacal like Grand Admiral who's like controlling the galaxy through shrewd cunning. And he's so fascinating. So, are you saying that 
Donald Trump is the Grand Admiral Thrawn of the Star Wars universe? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if Trump is smart enough to be a Grand Admiral Thrawn. You really need to read. <laughs> He's really smart, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's know, the smartest there to... ever was. There's no one smarter than him. If you listen to <laughs> Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, if, if you, anybody who read his book, which I haven't read his book, but I read the summary and I've been listening to him, he thinks that Donald Trump, and he lays out a pretty good case for Donald Trump or somebody really close behind him being an evil genius in terms of uh, manipulating people and marketing and and you read his book you and you make you you look at what he talks about and you're like man maybe Trump's not as dumb as he is is he is he makes himself out to be you know maybe he is an evil genius I don't know how did we start talking about Donald Trump Were we talking I don't know about but Star I actually Wars? read that book by Scott Adams and think he bigly? does make an interesting case yeah I think uh, win Bigley win Bigley and, that's right win Bigley yeah so it is true that Trump was doing a better job messaging than Hillary did, but I'm not sure how impressive that is because Hillary's never done a great job messaging. She she was never very in touch with like normal Americans. Uh, so I don't think I, she was in touch with anything. <laughs> she was in touch with a certain aspect of her core demographic, uh, specifically rich Democrats. Uh, but there's not enough rich Democrats to win the election. Uh, so anyway, Star Wars not only <laughs> did it do poorly. <laughs> yeah. So from Emperor Palpatine and Grand Admiral Thrawn to Donald Trump, back to Star Wars. Not only did Star Wars uh, solo story underperform in the United States, it also underperformed abroad, which is like a, the real kicker. Because a lot of movies now make more money overseas than they make in the United States. This is why really? movies have gotten cleaner in terms of bad language and sexual content. It's because uh, China has really strict standards on what they will let in. And if you have a sex scene in your movie, it, you're unlikely to be one of the 20 films that China lets in. So okay, I have a question big, for you. Yeah. Does China allow its citizens to see Princess Leia in a steel bikini? Uh, so I don't know about the old ones. I'm not only talking about like new films that are coming into the... Uh, theaters like movies from today so i don't i have no idea i do know that they have bootleg versions like that they pass around on dvd and download on the chinese version of BitTorrent of all of the american films but if you actually want to be in american theaters and make you know yen from your american film uh, you have to be in bed with china and often china even invests in the uh, movies now so in the opening credits occasionally you'll see it like a chinese company that is a chinese government like sponsored company that's controlling the narratives you'll notice that even in a movie like pacific rim that very easily could have painted the chinese government as the bad guys the twist is they weren't evil after all <laughs> so <laughs> uh which is very clever so china while they're not uh, able to make um movies that have global appeal internally they are sponsoring a lot of american movies that have global appeal and by doing that they're able to tweak the narrative and tweak the language and you don't see the big evil government narrative very often and if you do it's only the big evil american government you don't ever see the big evil chinese government being a villain in a film and uh, that's been an interesting shift and they gave uh, star wars a solo story you know the china and disney are very close but Yet, uh, you know, being able to be shown wasn't enough. And uh, one narrative that I want to debunk is that it's fatigue, that people are tired of Star Wars movies. Yeah, that's bullcrap. And this is totally, that's totally bogus. I will say, when I was a hardcore Star Wars fan, I was, not, I was just not just watching the movies. I was re-watching the movies and the books, and I, could, I consumed everything that I could find. And 
you know, there's another example of another series of movies that doesn't have one movie every year or two movies every year. It has three movies every year. Avengers. And you know what? They're doing just fine. In fact, they just broke all the records with Infinity War. <laughs> um, so I don't think that fatigue is the answer. I think that that's a cop-out uh, answer. But what has happened is you've alienated your fans by changing the way the show is, the, the way the story is, the way the world is. And you've gotten away from Jedi uh, being the good guys and the Sith being the bad guys. Everything's so murky now. And I just don't feel like Kathleen Kennedy is a fan of Star Wars. Uh, not the same way that the people making Marvel are fans of Marvel. There's There are subtle things that they do in Marvel films that you can tell they really did love the source material. They love the comic books these movies came from. And while a movie is different from a comic book, during Civil War with Captain America, they have a, the famous quote from the Civil War era from Captain America in the movie. Like, they put it almost word for word in the movie, which for a fan like me, it's like, yes, thank you. And you just don't see that sort of thing being done with the Star Wars. It's They're almost at war with the fans rather than, like, celebrating this thing with them. So, Thomas, what you're saying is that Kathleen Kennedy is a Chinese sleeper agent that is ruining America <laughs> culture. By destroying our Star, our Star Wars saga? Is that is that kind of what... That's kind of what I understood what you just said. She has destroyed Star Wars. She killed Luke Skywalker. She killed Han Solo. Uh, and she almost killed Princess Leia. But then she didn't. But then, wait, maybe she's dead after all. Oh, yeah. it, it makes me sad. It's ironic that oh, uh, also, she spoiler killed two people who didn't die. <laughs> yeah, that um, the death of the actress was a bit unfortunate yeah. uh, timing for her. Yeah. And I will say I was very sad, um, you know, when uh, Carrie Fisher died. I uh, That broke me up, especially since there's some indication that she may have died because of the pressure put on her to lose weight for the film. That she lost a lot of weight all at once and that that put pressure on her heart that might have killed her. So Star Wars may have killed her in the end, which which is really tragic. Yeah, uh, that's, and you know, if you if you're really familiar with Carrie Fisher's history, how much Star Wars screwed her up to begin with. If you read any of that uh, early Star Wars drama, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting too. So, <laughs> so Star Wars pretty yeah, much ruined so, Carrie Fisher's life apparently. <laughs> it's the Chinese fault. They're it's the ones who the did Chinese. it. <laughs> the Chinese killed Carrie Fisher. All right, so this has been Liberty Buzzard. As we do this show, we're going to be experimenting with formats, and we would love uh, to hear from you. Go to libertybuzzard.com and click on the contact uh, tab if you want to chime in. We want to know what you think about queso, uh, especially if you are a fan of uh, the queso that they have at Chipotle. Do let us know. <laughs> we're very curious about that. Yep, and if you like Rogue One... Yeah, sorry. If you liked Solo, uh, we want to hear that too. Now, again, the reason this was a spoiler-free episode, I haven't seen Solo. Uh, Dustin, have you seen Solo? I did. I saw it on opening night with my kids. Oh, okay. So so you have more fan points than I... Did you enjoy it? You know, I found it entertaining, but we we went with a big group of of my kids' friends, and there was another parent there with me, another Star Wars nerd like me, and we looked at each other... Um, after the movie was over, and we both kind of agreed that it was entertaining, but it was overdone in that same Last Jedi kind of way. So I definitely I think it's worth a watch. Is it one of those movies that I'll go back to over and over again like the originals or like Rogue One? I doubt it. I could watch Rogue One over and over again because it was such a great story. Uh, Last Jedi, um, any of the prequels... You know, if I see him on, if I see him while I'm flipping on TV and there's nothing else to watch, I might watch him. 
But uh, to go out there and actively seek the movie watch again, probably not. When was the last time you watched the prequels? It's been years. It's been yes. years. I, I challenge you, go back and rewatch the prequels. They are better than you remember them being. I watched a clip of... Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. What's the third one called? Um, give me a hint. Give me a hint. The third one. Re- uh, Sith? Yes. Revenge of the Sith. That's your hint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched that. The actor who played, and we shall not mention his name, the actor who played Anakin Skywalker did an absolutely abysmal job. I cannot stand <laughs> to watch him act. It is so, so bad. I cannot watch that movie. I can't do it. I watch him act, and I just turn it off. I, I I go do something else. It's that bad. I mean, when you take somebody like Anakin Skywalker and you watch uh, the Clone Wars prequels, they do a good job with what the character is supposed to be. Anakin Skywalker is supposed to be this badass, right? And all you get with with that actor kid is, uh, is, a, is a whiny teenager who's not getting his way. And that's, that's all I get out of it. And, yeah, he did a bad so, job. So go watch Phantom Menace. It doesn't have that actor. And it's really quite good. It's got Padawans. It's got Obi-Wan Kenobi as a young man. It's got it's very Jar Jar fun. Binks. It does. But Jar Jar Binks is not as much of a character. He's not as much of a part of it as, he, as we remember. All people remember from that film is Jar Jar and how much they hated Jar Jar. Uh. But you know what? Even the characters in the movie hate Jar Jar. He's not uh. supposed to be a likable character. And if, for, for fun times, Google the Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Master conspiracy theories. I think I watched that. actually a very compelling case that Jar Jar Binks is actually secretly manipulating everything all along. He's Darth Plagueis. <laughs> 